Kevin eats his way through the Art of Animation <laughs> Resort, and Corey and Dustin get paid to play with cars. Plus, we have this week's news and roundtable rapid fire coming up. From the Bob Varley studio in Orlando, Florida, this is the Diz Unplugged. Hello and welcome to the show, everyone. You're hope you're having a great week. Coming up this week, Kevin has his review of the food court at the Art of Animation Resort. And we're going to have a special Skype chat with Corey Martin, who is in California covering the opening of Cars Land at Disney California Adventure, along with Dustin West and our Disneyland team. Uh, let's see. In housekeeping... Well, to talk about the Cars Land coverage, I want to just let everybody know that we are, we've got videos and photos and blogs and all sorts of crazy stuff going up. Uh, the ride-through of Radiator Springs Racers that was just put up uh, pretty cool. was pretty, really pretty cool. pretty cool. I was kind of blown away. I am surprised. I, I have to ask these guys. What is that technology? Is it projection technology on the cars, or is the, are the cars actually moving their lips? Well, we'll get a chance to ask Corey it's about amazing. that in a, in a little while. Uh, but we'll have links to it on the show notes page. It's all over the site. You really, if you go anywhere on the Diz, really? you, you can't miss it. But uh, they are, they're really working hard out there. I think Dustin's put up four or five videos already. Uh, the media preview hasn't even started yet that starts on the uh, 13th which is actually tomorrow we're recording this on tuesday so when the show goes up the media preview begins so you'll start seeing some some more stuff going up in the next few days and uh, those guys are doing a great job out there we're gonna like i said we're gonna talk to Corey, but then uh thursday uh the disneyland team is putting up full coverage of cars land so be sure to to check that out. Uh, I also want to say a special thank you to uh, Mike Holland, Matthew Forsier, Melissa Filipkowski, Sean McNamara, Joshua Gilbreath, and Todd Witkowski for sending in sound clips for the Prize Matron. You oh, guys Lord. have saved me years, years and years of work, and I, I really do appreciate it. Uh, I haven't had a chance to load them in yet, but uh, I'll be doing that soon. Uh, I also want to send out our con my condolences. I'm assuming our condolences to uh, one of our uh, one of our listeners and posters on the podcast board, ba uh, Bayou Mickey, who uh, recently lost his his wife. Oh, uh, hot rod scooter, mama. So we want to uh, just keep him and his family in our thoughts and prayers, and uh, let them know we're thinking about him. And we want to hope that Dino, Dino Leach recovers, has a quick and speedy recovery. Dino had surgery this morning oh, okay. on his leg, and Dino just came back from Italy. So, Yeah, he was on the trip with you guys. Yep, he yeah, was, so yeah. good luck, Dino. We hope you feel better. Well, these hydroflasks are loud yeah. <laughs> when you drink out of them. But I got to tell you, I left mine in a hot car yesterday with ice in it. And was out of the car for about forty-five minutes, and came back, and the ice hadn't changed. Yeah, so the outside was really hot, but the, it was it yeah. was so hot in the car, and the outside of the flask was hot to touch, but there was still ice inside yeah. it. Gotta love them. Gotta love them. Um, also, just want to remind everyone to uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Uh, 
uh, www.info.com. We'll have a link to that on the show notes page. Uh, every time a new video is uploaded, you will get a notification. And Dustin has been, I think, Dustin, honest to God, I think Dustin has put up more videos in the last two months than we have put up in the last, like, five years. So a lot of great stuff going up, a lot of great stuff coming up, especially if you're interested in Cars Land. You don't want to miss any of that. And also, if you're interested in getting uh, a daily email uh, from us uh, with uh, up any updates that happen on the site, any news stories that are added, when the podcasts go up, uh, all sorts of stuff, any changes on the site at all, you can now sign up in one place and just receive a daily email every time there are updates. I will assure you that email list goes nowhere. It is not used to... Uh, send out advertising it's not used to we don't sell it we don't share it uh it is only used for the updates and you can unsubscribe at any time and you'll see up you'll see uh, sign up boxes all over the site but we'll make sure we include a link in the show notes page as well so you can sign up for that and i think that's it for me anybody else have housekeeping i do just wanted, <clears throat> wanted to remind everybody again about our silent auction on the podcast cruise. We've gotten a number of items, and if you're bringing it with you, if you could bring it to the hospitality room, which is the fantasy, right, on deck five. Correct. And the hours that people are going to be there is on the schedule, correct? Correct. Midship, deck five, look at the, uh, look at the schedule that we posted, and that's also going to be on the back of your credentials, so you'll be able to reference that whenever you want. And those items will be there the entire time, and you can go and look at them and vote and bid on them. Vote. Vote on them. <laughs> I like this one the best. <laughs> what uh, Do you have any ideas what we've got so far? Anything really cool that stood, stood out for you oh, guys? Oh, photographs, buttons. Um, Shirley made a donation of uh, NASA stuff, but nobody else can bid on that one. That one's mine. That's amazing. Uh, I'm going to run Kathy up. Uh, I, think we've, I think we've got a vase from Disneyland Paris. Um all kinds of yeah. Should have brought the list. Maybe some keel coins and I've got, posters. I've got Walter's gardening sneakers. Wow. Oh. Are they sealed in a dome where oh, we can no, smell everyone, them? Everyone should enjoy the aroma. Everyone is going to take bids on not bringing them on the cruise. <laughs> but I'm no, a lot of going to have a photo or two printed up that you can. A lot of fun stuff. Excellent. It's my understanding that something is on its way. Yes. I'm sure several things are on their way, but well, we I, know for sure of a couple of things that should be cool. And we've asked people that have larger items if they would ship them directly to whoever has the winning bid, and we're going to have photographs of what the item is there. Um, the other thing we need to get is if you have an, an opening bid, if you have a, an idea of what you want. A minimum yeah. reserve sort of thing. Yeah. Because we have somebody who donated a snow globe that I think was close to $800. Wow. So... You know, that's going to be fun to fly with. Yeah, well, really. she, no, she's going to ship that. Oh, okay. oh thank you, Lord. Thank and, you, Lord. You know, Don't put me in charge of that. Yeah, no, she's going to take care of that. How cool, though. And for our walk on Castaway Key, just want to let everybody know there was some confusion because Disney has their walk on Castaway Key. And then there's our Castaway 5KT that we were trying to get Disney to give us their bibs their bib that you get and then you get a lanyard at the end and Disney would prefer that you just did their walk and they're not going to give us the material so you have your choice if you want to do their walk are you, are you kidding me no are you kidding no. me with this no no we've had that conversation with them 
they don't they want people to walk with them and they don't want a separate event it's going to cause confusion and blah 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 but we've got some prizes for the folks walking with yes. kathy and Teresa. yeah so we do we'll you won't be cool, disappointed cool stuff yeah so whatever way you want to do it i think you should march and sing we shall overcome <laughs> okay also i don't we haven't talked about this kathy kathy and i can be wearing pink if you want to wear pink that day and a shirt fuchsia bright you know just so we all kind of look like a a group that would be kind of cool yeah and a middle-aged gonna, marching band? <laughs> and we're going to meet <laughs> by the post office on... The gay Disney. middle-aged marching band. <laughs> going to meet by the post office, but Disney has said that there might be traffic issues in that area. So, you know, when you, you're coming from the ship and there's that big cement pad area, the post office is sort of like right there, but if we need to stand over on the concrete pad, we can do that to stay out there of the way. There could be traffic There's not going to be traffic issues. <laughs> you know what? I want a flag to carry. Is there kind of, Ooh, we, wouldn't yeah. that be cool? Yeah. <gasps> it, wouldn't that be cool, Kathy? Yeah. Guys are looking at me like... You're in charge of your own paraphernalia. My you go ahead and get yourself flag. a little flag if you want. So this oh, isn't, cool. you know, this is going to just be a nice, friendly walk, run. It's up to you to you do You may whatever. be run over by the traffic issues, but... <laughs> We have somebody on a scooter. We have somebody in a wheelchair. So just come join us and we'll hang out and walk the island together. All right. Thank you for that, Kathy. I'm going to lead a troop that rides the trio. (laughs) (laughs) What else for housekeeping? Um, I just want to follow up on Kathy's and just say we're very excited about Podcast Cruise 3.0. It is coming up quickly. Uh, I want to remind everybody you got to come to the uh, hospitality room, deck five midship. It's the fantasy conference room. As soon as you get on the ship, come and see us for your credentials. We're going to be putting gift bags in everybody's stateroom, but we also have something special for folks who come to the hospitality room. So make sure you stop on by and get your credentials because we're going to be giving out some other goodies there as well. So very excited. Two weeks away, less than two weeks away. I know. I know. 12 days to be exact. (sighs) I'm not ready. I'm nowhere near ready. I am. Me too. It's going to be fun. Anything else? Housekeeping, housekeeping, going once, going twice. Johnny with the news. All right. Our first news story. Disneyland designer dies at age 86. Stan Jolly, one of the original art directors who designed Disneyland, who later worked on Disney film and TV projects, died Monday at a hospice facility in Rancho Mirage. As part of the Disneyland design team, he worked on projects that included the Golden Horseshoe Saloon in Frontierland, the Utopia Ride in Tomorrowland, and the Storybook Land Canal Boats attraction and interiors of Sleeping Beauty Castle in in Fantasyland. At Disney's Magic Kingdom in Anaheim, as Des... (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Well said. As Disney's Magic Kingdom in Anaheim began to take shape, Jolly recalled in the 2009 interview, we were working six days a week and a couple of nights a week. And as oh my god, I'm sorry. And I know you're not going to cut it out. No, I'm not editing time. any of this. <laughs> Dustin's in California. They they get in an unedited show this week. Oh great. Uh, Jolly also designed the studio office set that Disney appeared in in his weekly TV anthology series Disneyland. His film career included sharing an Oscar nomination for Best Art Direction and Set Decoration as production designer for the 1985 movie Witness and seven years as an art director of the Disney studio. Jolly is survived by his daughters, Karen and Christina, and two granddaughters. Hmm, That's sad. 
seemed like he had a large part in a whole bunch of stuff. There was a, yeah. was a big list of other things he did as well I didn't get into. But he was a... Good long life, though. Prolific person. But that's a shame now when all these people who like worked with Walt are now starting to die. And eventually there's going to be a generation of people that can't say, I worked with Walt Disney. Right. That's true. Very true. All right. Our second story. Disneyland Paris building a Ratatouille ride. Disneyland Paris is building a Ratatouille theme park ride as part of an expansion of the park's Toon Studio area. Most of what is known about the ride is rumor, but it's said to be open in 2014 and has the working title Ratatouille Kitchen Calamity and will likely have a restaurant attached. The ride will be based on dark ride technology similar to It's a Small World. The area outside the ride is already transformed into a fake Parisian street with tiny little Remy the Rats on park benches and a bust (laughs) of Chef Gasteau attached to a stone arch. No official announcement about the ride or expansion has been released by the Disney company. Anybody else have an issue with tying rats and dining experiences yeah. in the same, yeah, th- in the same thread? Yeah, that's kind of odd. I just, I, you know, I, I get it. It's cute. It's whatever. But it's a rat and it's in a restaurant. Yeah. There's just, I don't know. There's just something about that. that I just, think it's cool that they made fake, fake Parisian streets outside of Paris. <laughs> <laughs> right. So are they little tiny benches with little red ratatouilles or are they little ratatouilles on big benches? I have not personally experienced it. I will let you know in October okay, when you. I go and see it. But it says that it has little tiny Remy the Rats on the park benches. So just I assume the rats are on the regular size benches. I'm going to uh. just take a moment and tell you that there are still spaces available if you too would like to see the little rats in Paris. Come see Remy the Rat with, with me and we'll with go. With Kevin, John, Pete, and Walter. Yep. We still have spaces available for those wishing to go to London and Paris. It's going to be a fun trip. It is. I'm really excited about the extra stuff we're doing on that trip. Me too. <clears throat> we're going to do the whole costume party and... The Halloween, the, the Halloween party. Yep. Of which we don't have a lot of details yet. You guys are going to be in costume? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, I can't wait. I'm dressing as Kevin. I'm going as Jessica Rabbit. I'm going in drag. <laughs> I'm going to be animated. All right. And our final news story, Universal matches Disney, raises ticket prices again for park. Universal Orlando Resort apparently could not let Walt Disney World be the most expensive theme park in America. Now, the two theme parks share the dubious distinction, each charging $89 plus tax for a one-day, one-park pass. In the last two weeks, both Universal and Disney have raised their ticket prices as Orlando's theme park wars rage on over which park will get your dollar. Before May 30th, the price for a single-day, single-park pass at either resort cost $85 at the gate. Universal was the first to announce a price hike, charging $88 for a single-day, single-park pass. Disney made its move Sunday, bumping their ticket price up to $89. Now Universal announces its second price hike in as many weeks. Tickets to SeaWorld Orlando are a little over $82, but the best deal in Central Florida is Legoland in Winter Haven, where a single-day ticket will cost you $75. Or if you want to buy it online, $68. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I shouldn't judge it without seeing it, but I have absolutely zero desire to go to Legoland. Zero. I thought it was funny that Universal decided to raise their ticket price a second time just to match Disney. It, it, talk about what, scurrying. What, I, mean, I, just, I, I don't get it. I mean, I'm sure there's a business reason why 
not being the cheapest or, or, or being a dollar less matters. And I don't know what that is. It's not, no, it's obvious that what they, Universal wants to be on par with Disney and say, look, we're the same as Disney. You're getting the same thing that you're getting it well, with I've, us. You know, I've always, but we know it's two less theme parks. I, I, I always said that, you know, Disney was like the older, successful, popular captain of the football team brother and universal was kind of like the greasy haired 13 year old like like you know rebellious child who like wants to be as good wants to wants to be as good as his brother but why and, wouldn't you want to be cheaper than your brother well i don't know again i think there's this there's a joke there somewhere there's yeah. a there's a business aspect to it where they feel that if they put the price the same then people are going to equate going to both things as the same experience. And I'm sure the vast majority of people going in are not going to realize that they did it twice in one week, but it makes them look second rate. And again, this like is... Make, they, like they're trying to keep up. And you know that old expression, keeping up with the Joneses? Yeah. Universal's trying to keep up, and I'm, I can't believe that that puts them in a good light in their eyes. And again, this is for the one-day, one-park ticket. So multi, multi-day tickets, there's still a big difference in price because Disney has... But something to keep in mind, something to keep in mind that I think is going to get, it's already starting to get interesting and it's going to get a lot more interesting. I had thought that when Comcast took over NBC Universal, that they were going to pull back in terms of the investments being made in the theme parks division. Turns out it's just the opposite. They are like doubling down on the theme parks, pumping an enormous amount of money back in. I think Universal right now is enjoying the best parent company support it's ever had. What is it? Is it Universal Singapore? Is that the one that's out in Asia that they're building that has the Transformers ride? I think so. I think, yeah, I guess. Which they're saying is the new cutting-edge technology theme park ride. Well, it's just you take a look at you take a look at you know some some of the things that have been done ever since Comcast took over, the 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 uh, the reboot of Spider Man, uh, Despicable Me, which is getting I, I'm hearing like really positive things about uh, this new attraction that's either just getting ready to open or is just open. It's my rapid fire. Um, it's in soft opening. Now. It's in soft opening yeah. now. Uh, they, they've got a lot on on. on and they've got a lot of rumors flying around about what's what's in the pipeline and all of its expensive stuff. And I wonder, I just, I wonder, you know, Universal looks like it's going to start getting really, really aggressive. And I wonder if Disney's going to match it. You know, Disney's kind of behind the times in terms of matching Wizarding World of Harry Potter. I know the Fantasyland expansion will be will be popular. I don't think it's going to match Wizarding World of Harry Potter. I really don't. Never did. Uh, Avatar? Now, there you go. I mean, that, that could be big. That could be huge, especially in Imagineering sense. But that's, you know, it's almost like a Me Too response by Disney. How are they going to respond to an aggressive universal? They've never dealt with it before. They've never dealt with an aggressive universal. And I wonder if the only way I can see Disney responding is having to up their game. A lot of new attractions. If they really want to, they really want to just slam dunk it, build another theme park out here. Build, open a fifth gate, which Disney has said repeatedly they're not going to do. But if they really want to stick it to Universal, 
if Universal gets really aggressive and a little lucky, the only way I see Disney being able to truly respond in a way to ensure domination is going to be to do something extraordinary. And the only thing I can think that would do that is opening a fifth gate. I loved the idea years ago. Remember the the rumor was they were going to open up a villains theme park. Right. Oh, and then there was going to be a nighttime beastly mm-hmm. kingdom. Beastly kingdom. All these ideas that were floating around. I would love to see them do something like that. Well, there was going to be Flamingo Crossing, which was going to be a new shopping and <clears throat> excuse me, hotel area out on 429. Right, right. And then there was going to be Hyperion Wharf. They were going to completely redo And we saw sketches for it and yep. plans for mm-hmm. it. Hyperion Wharf was going to take over what the remnants of uh, Pleasure Island. Pleasure Island. Where are these things? None of them have yeah. ever come true. Are they not still working on that? Not, as far are. as I that know. Was, that was relatively recent. Wasn't it supposed to be started already? Mm-hmm. And yeah. if you've been over there, there's nothing. Uh, it's sad what's happened at Pleasure Island. It really is. It's sad. And and it, I, I wonder, you know, it's... Is the is the corporate will in Disney there to invest like that in the theme parks? I'm surprised that Disney doesn't have, in my opinion, you know what Disney needs? Disney needs a live performance venue. They used to do it at Top of the World. They used to do it at uh, Pleasure Island when they had the Jazz Club. Some great people perform there, and I'm surprised that Disney doesn't do that anymore. I realize they have the House of Blues, but that's kind of a different demographic. I would think that Disney would do really well with a live performance venue. I think they're going to have to do a lot more than that to counter what Universal's doing and planning to do. I think Avatar is a big thing for them. I think they're pumping a a lot of money into Avatar. It's going to be a whole land. But Disney's culture has always been, we don't play catch-up. We don't. Well, that, that well, they, arrogance could come to bite them in the ass, though. Their official line is that we don't care what's being done down the street at Universal. Yeah, okay. And anybody who believes right. that, I got a bridge in yeah. Brooklyn to sell you. Right. That's their official line. And I I mean, I give them credit. This, the Fantasyland expansion is huge. I mean, that's a big, big deal. I mean, they could have just put in a ride or two and... You know, they completely... No, don't get me wrong. I, I, think, I think it's going to be cool. I think it's going to be... I, I think it's going to be popular. I don't think it's going to compare on any level with the popularity of Wizarding World and Harry Potter. Well, Wizarding World's got that whole culture of that's the people that that's their thing. And that's what I think they're going for with Avatar. I think with Avatar, they're going for that. Now, the the problem with Avatar is, and I realize that there's another movie coming out, supposedly, but they hit Wizarding World of Harry Potter before the last movie opened. So it was like... It's kind of in the middle of it. Universal usually has stuff that's 10 or 15 years old. I mean, it's not, they're not really cutting edge as far as their movie selections have been. Harry Potter is pretty much the first one. Well, yeah, but you have to understand there are now no more Harry Potter movies coming out. Uh, this, uh, well, that's uh, what I was saying. This one did come out Avatar, during that. Right. I'm just saying Avatar will, will open at Animal Kingdom near, near or to coincide with the second film. And James Cameron is already saying that he's he's in for at least three films, and if all three, if if the next two do really well, I guarantee you there'll be more. Whether or not it will have the following passion cachet of Harry Potter is anybody's guess. I mean, I thought Avatar was a great movie. I really enjoyed it. I don't know that I'll dress up. 
You're not you know, be all in I mean, blue. I'm not I, tall enough. <laughs> I, I don't know that that's that that that, that level of. I mean, I'm not saying there aren't fans of Avatar out there, and I'm not saying there shouldn't be fans of Avatar out there. I'm just saying I don't think there are. I don't think it's engendering that kind of passion among fans the way. I mean, I also think that has to do with the age of the fan of the movie. I think Harry Potter has captured the. Yeah, older child, tween, teen age. Oh, I think it's. Ca- I know. I, I disagree. I disagree. I think it's definitely captured that, but I think it's captured an awful lot of adults. Well, I guess that's what my was my point. I think the dressing up thing. I think that appeals to a certain demographic for the most part. I could be wrong. There are people dressed up for Star Wars weekends who should know better. But um, <laughs> stop. <laughs> Now look, it's I, ninety-six degrees, and you're wearing a wool cloak. Uh, God, I'm sorry. God bless you. You're that passionate about it. I mean, look, who are we? To, who are we? Especially the people sitting around this table to make fun of fans of anything. Okay, I mean, come on. Oh, I sit in the chair of judgment. I was just going to say, isn't that what we're here for to judge people? <laughs> you know, but the other thing too about Avatar, a lot is going to depend on what they do. Because it's one thing to say, I don't know if it's going to be good, and are there going to be fans? If they put some killer attraction in there, some huge oh, no ticket ride, no question. they're going to draw the crowds no matter what the theming mm-hmm. is behind it. Absolutely, absolutely. And, you know, quite frankly, you know, if, if you're going to give me Disney Imagineers versus Universal's version of Imagineers, I'm going to take Disney Imagineers every day, any day. Uh, but I'm just, I'm interested to see... How this, you know, this with Universal upping the ante, and they really are, and they are doing it in a way they have never done before. Because, like I said, they have parent company support now that I don't think they've ever had. I mean, they're really they're Comcast is opening up the checkbook, and they're greenlighting a lot of stuff. I think you're also seeing the benefit of a pent up market. That couldn't travel, didn't travel, saved their money for a while. I mean, these theme parks are crowded. People are going to theme parks. So there's an influx of money. There's an influx of revenue that shows that people want these things. And they've, they, someone has realized, rightfully so, that to bring more people in, you've got to keep making it new and better and fresh. And oh, you've got to offer something new. Exactly. And I think what may happen is the greasy-haired 13-year-old may grow up to be a rock star. And you know, while his, while, while his older brother is. while his older brother is making milkshakes at McDonald's. Oh, I, I don't count Disney out. Oh, I don't. That. I don't count. I'm not counting you them know out. I mean, that I think maybe maybe they're trying to play it cool, but I think you know that they they know what's going Universal's on. Universal's gotten smart in that they they I think they understand their role in this market. I think they've finally come to terms with who they are. They do Halloween Horror Nights like nobody else's business. They've done Harry Potter like crazy. They've announced that addition to Harry Potter that's mm-hmm. going to be in the other park. And they've sort of found where they work best. So I don't think we're looking at I don't think we're looking at that competition that we used to look at. Like where they built um, their version of Toontown with Woody Woodpecker and ancillary characters. I don't think you look at that sort of versus thing anymore. Like, yeah, why can't we all get along? Well, I think it's just about finding your niche and realizing that there's availability for both people. Yeah. There's, there's money there to be made. Because we, we as a family go to, we choose our theme park depending on what we want to do. Both both areas give us something different. You know, so I think I think there's room for everybody. 
But I'm sure if there's new technology out there, Disney's looking at it. Oh, absolutely. Look, I, I, I'm, I, I don't want to suggest for a second that I'm counting Disney out. Of course, oh, no. I'm not counting Disney out. What I'm saying is that there seems to be a corporate will to invest at Universal that I don't know exists at Disney right now. And if that stays the case, you will end up seeing Universal gain market share. And I worry about that. I worry about that. Not, I, I shouldn't say worry about it. Uh, what I'm hoping is that the opening of Cars Land and Buena Vista Street at California Adventure has a huge impact on that park. Because then they'll say, okay, what else can we do? If it's making money, mm -hmm. what else can we do? That's what you're seeing Universal do right now. Harry Potter, a massive success financially. What else can we do? And you have a corporate parent that's willing to invest in that. We have to see that more here. I hope right. that Cars Land leads them to believe that things that appeal to young boys make money also. And I'm not saying that females won't enjoy Cars Land. However, it's a little more boy-oriented, at a least bit. traditionally. Um, it's not princesses is what it's not. So I think if this does has a big bump, I would hope that Disney would see that something that sort of boy-centric would be profitable here. Disney has another layer to it, too. Walt Disney World has to think, and Disneyland to some extent, has to think about their hotel properties. So we just saw the opening of Art of Animation. That's a huge thing for them, yeah. opening a whole new hotel. While it may not be, oh, it's not super cool because it's not in a theme park and it's not a ride, this is a huge investment for them. It is. That Universal doesn't it's have. It's a different kind of investment. Right, but it's still an investment of, of capital. Right, and, and with the fantasy but, just coming out. Right. Well, yeah, I, no, I'm, I'm specifically talking about theme parks here. We got to compare apples to apples. You can't compare the opening of a hotel to the opening of a new attraction I'm or just a new saying, land I think in a Disney theme park. Has, has other things that pull on its financial strings that, that it doesn't think put all its money back into a park. Ultimately, what drives mass traffic are attractions, not hotels. Right. I think. You're not going to have somebody say, I had no intention of going to Disney before, but now that Art of Animation is no, open, I have to go. That's all I'm saying. Um, I, I think what it has to be is something, you know, like what what Harry Potter did with Universal. Prior to Harry Potter, people would say, I have no interest in going to Universal. Was, and then Harry Potter, and like, okay, well, now I got to go. Was Harry Potter, I don't want to say it this way because it's going to sound chintzy, but was Harry Potter a stroke of luck for Universal? Did they just happen to I get think the it right was a, I think it was a Hail Mary pass. I think, Dis, uh, you know, from what I've heard, and again, who knows if it's true, but what I heard, Disney ended up passing on it because J.K. Rowling wanted too much control. They weren't willing to give her. Whereas Universal was like, I'll shine your shoes. And so they turned over an enormous amount of control, limited license uh, to the rights, which could really come back to bite them in the ass in a few years, who knows? But we'll see. Uh, I think it was a hail mary pass for Universal that has paid off. Paid off. Now, it, and you know, I've said this before. It will pay off, provided they continue to expand it and not do what they've always done in the past, which is we open something, we get all this attention and all this traffic, and then we do nothing, and eventually it all dies off. 
So the fact that they're expanding it out is a good sign. The fact that they are rumored to be taking... Um, Jaws. No. Um, oh, God. I can't think of the name of it. The area that leads into Wizarding World. Uh, uh, Lost Island. Lost Continent. Lost Continent. Lost Continent. There's a rumor that eventually Lost Continent will be completely taken over. By and destroy the best theme park restaurant in the world? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really. Okay, and anybody that believes Mythos, you just bear Islands poker. of Adventure, anybody that believes Mythos at Islands of Adventure is the best theme park restaurant in the world is on crack. Okay? It is not only not the best theme park restaurant in the world, it's not the best restaurant on anything in the world. The food is mediocre at best. And I can I can name three restaurants off the top. Uh, the Blue Bayou at Disneyland <laughs> is better than Mythos. As so long as, you're, as long as you're willing to be blind while you eat, as long as you're willing to be blind while you eat. Mythos has a pretty building, though. Okay, it has count? nothing to do with how good the okay. food is. Did you eat the building? No, but I've eaten there. Did the building taste was, good? No. No, it's uh, really just not. Uh, yeah. I'm sorry. The Brown Derby exists. Exactly. Exactly. So And Bistro de Paris. Right. Oh, there you go. I mean, you want the best theme... I'm sorry. You want the best in theme park restaurant. Yeah, I, believe, I agree. Okay, Bistro de Paris. Go to Bistro... And if you don't believe me, go have a dinner, go have a meal at Bistro de Paris, and then the next day, go have a meal at Mythos. And then come back to me and tell me which one was better. If you say Mythos, you're going to have to submit to a drug test. <laughs> okay? So... You know, you can. You, everybody's entitled to their own opinion, but I'm right. <laughs> and uh, what else? Anything else in the news? That's it for the news, believe it or not. All right. Let's move on to rapid fire. I'll go first. Okay. Didn't even have to ask the question, did I? No. Got me talking about Universal. Um, Despicable Me, Minion Mayhem is in soft opening. We went over and checked it out. It's, it's pretty cool, actually. What exactly is it? Well, have you seen the movie Despicable Me? Yes. Okay. Um, you go in and... Mm-hmm. I did. I saw it, believe it or it's not. Cute. It's a cute little movie. They turn you into a minion is what they do. Um, they need more minions. And the little, the three little girls, Gru is the mad scientist dude. His three little girls take over and they turn you into minions and you ride. You know, it's the same mechanism that was there before. What wow. What building is it? Um, Jimmy Neutron. Jimmy, Jimmy Neutron, Neutron, yeah. So it's that same. But something different about this, when you get out, when you exit the ride, there's a dance party, a continuous dance party. And there are actually minions there dancing with you, which Grace found absolutely amusing because minions are little, tiny, short things. So Grace assumed they were little children in minion costumes. I told her they couldn't be children. But anyway, it's a cool little dance party. (laughs) (laughs) That would be wrong. It's got to be be little people, right? I guess. I mean, I don't know. Because they were all relative. They were were little short little minions, little like little... You know, little um. Teresa suggesting they were about two inches high. <laughs> no, not that tall. No, they come up to like my chest. I mean, so you know, the size of little fourth graders running around look like little yellow pills. It is the summer. Children okay. are out of school. And also, they've got a um, uh, a gift shop, a smaller gift shop that sells all the little Filet despicable minion. me stuff. And they've got the little Filet um. Minion. <laughs> My favorite thing in the gift shop is the, uh, I'm going to walk right over that, is the um, fluffy unicorn. Do you remember the fluffy unicorn in the movie? No. That's what the little oh kids Oh my God, it's so fluffy. Yeah. The little, I mean, 
Okay, anyway, it's adorable. You don't remember the fluffy? I do remember the. I don't think you saw the So it's the same sickening. The same. mm -hmm. You're like on a conveyor belt, and it's just, it's it's a lot of fun. I enjoy it. They also still have the two stationary cars if you don't want to be. Yes, they're still there. I believe they're still there. I'm sorry, if there's a restaurant, I think Filet Mignon is an absolute must. (laughs) Um, So also, over, um, I just read this recently Um, Miranda Cosgrove. I don't know if you all know who that is iCarly on TV. She's the voice of the oldest, Gru's oldest daughter, adopted daughter. She has been added to the summer concert series, so she'll be singing over Universal this summer. iCarly. Hmm. It's no. cute. I don't also, care. Let me clear my schedule. Oh my gosh, this this is exciting for some people. It is, it's exciting oh, at our house. should just calm down. Also, <laughs> <laughs> also opening over at Universal is SpongeBob Store Pants is open now. Oh, that's cute. Which is the SpongeBob store. It's absolutely cute. It's back there by E.T. where I think there used to be like a Woody Woodpecker thingy. <laughs> what was that? Did someone's stomach just <laughs> Do you remember no, the little it's... alien guy from Bugs Bunny? I think he just shot at us. <laughs> <laughs> Marvin. Anyway, SpongeBob store pants is open and there's a there's a small um, SpongeBob's house is in there. You can go in and sit oh, down yeah. in SpongeBob's chair and Anything you could possibly want with Spongebob is in Spongebob store pants. Anything you could possibly want. Are Spongebob's friends there, too? Yes, they're all there. All his friends. And Spongebob's going to have a new movie coming out in 2014, so it's relevant. What was it? Was there a cruise we were on where there was Spongebob was the character? That's on on Royal Caribbean. Royal Caribbean. And there was one that I didn't know what it was. It was a giant Viking. (laughs) No, it was the other one that I said it was Spongebob and his friend Enel Fisher. (laughs) It was... was this weird cruise line we were just on. What did it look like? Looked like an anal fisher. It was sort of this pink cop cone. It was Patrick. That had to be cut out. Awful words. That was No, I told you. It's an unedited show. Oh, right. Was it a starfish? It was Patrick. I think it was like a... He's pink. Part of a starfish. Cone. Like one arm. What the heck? Okay, whatever. Whatever. Anyway, SpongeBob is still popular and relevant. This conversation so. stopped being important to me about five minutes ago. <laughs> I'm done. Let's Move on. Go. All right, Kathy, what do you have? Okay, I have the Beastly Bazaar at Animal Kingdom. The merchandise location is closing in August. It's going to be rethemed into an air-conditioned meet-and-greet location. <laughs> they don't know when it's going to open, but the store is closing to make a meet-and-greet. And air-conditioning it. Right there by... The Bugs Life thing in that area? Where you go into Bugs Life? Yeah, like in that. Yeah. Where mm-hmm. your hard hat. So it seems like they're they're going to more like one central location in every park. I don't know. For meet and greets? Yeah. I don't yeah. know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. Yeah, because you meet the little bugs right across the road there is where the meet and greet for the bugs are. So they're moving them into the air conditioning. Yep. No more hot bugs. All right. Thank you, Kathy. Johnny. I have information on our 2013 Adventures by Disney trips, our Diz exclusive trips. Uh, We have a lot of folks who are waiting for us to release pricing and and start to accept reservations. Um, If anybody listened to our last show. No. With our, um, I know you didn't listen, you were asleep. With our review of (laughs) Viva Italia, we had some issues. And we held off signing the contracts and working with Disney on our trips for next year until we could get some things ironed out and get some assurances that certain things wouldn't happen again for next year. So we are in the process of finalizing the information, and we should have that 
hopefully this week we'll be able to get that up on the site and get those uh, contracts signed and ready for you to book. If you're interested in booking, contact Kevin, Kevin at Dreams Unlimited Travel. These are our Disney exclusive Adventure by Disney trips next year. We have two backstage magic trips, June 9th for five nights, December 15th for five nights. We're doing a Spirit of America trip, May 24th. That's a seven-night trip. And the one I am really looking forward to is Germany. And that's going to be in September, September 20th for eight nights. And we're going for Oktoberfest. So I'm really excited about that. And just want to make sure people were updated on that because we've been getting a lot of questions about when is that going to happen. So I want to let you know what the deal was. All right. Thank you very much, John. You stole mine. Oh, did I? Remember we had this conversation at home where you told me you'd do another one? Oh. <laughs> you didn't give me the other one. I don't have one. It's John's fault. <clears throat> Although I do want to talk again about, again, our London-Paris trip in the fall. I think this is a really exciting trip, and I think if you don't take the chance and do it, I think you're going to miss out. We're not doing London and Paris again in 2013. No. Probably won't do London and Paris for a long time because we, we want to go to other places. So yep. that's it. This will be the last London Paris trip for a while. Yeah. That I can tell you. Um, and one more piece of blatant advertising. And I just, I have to put it out there because it's a good deal. Uh, Dreams Unlimited is running a special this month on Disneyland packages. Uh, we're doubling our gift card offer on those uh, on on Disneyland packages up to a hundred dollar gift card when you book with us and we are also including a Disneyland drawstring canvas bag a Disneyland autograph book and a Carsland vinylmation adorable they're Absolutely really cool adorable yeah. they're really really cool this is for uh, any bookings that come in between June 1st and June 30th, uh, you will get these things. And again, in the interest of full disclosure, John and I are part owners in Dreams Unlimited Travel, so we definitely do have a financial interest in that. Don't want anybody to think I'm, you know, talking something up that I'm not making money on. We have our backstage magic at the end of July and really excited to see new, the new Cars Land area. Yeah. Can really I kind of tag on to your advertisement and do another one? Okay. We uh, Dreams Unlimited Travel is also still offering their early booking discount for ABDs through the end of July, July 31st. This is in addition to the Amex gift card that we offer. That promotion is not good for the Diz exclusive trips. So if something happens that we're, they're not going to coincide, the Diz exclusive trips will not be eligible for the new promotion. But that is running through the end of the July. Okay. All right, before we uh, finish up this segment, have a couple more anniversary messages uh, to play. This one comes from Kevin John. It always amazes me <laughs> how, yeah, always amazes me how talented some of our, uh, our listeners are. This guy is a celebrity sports artist. He's awesome. And his work is amazing. It's kevin-john.com. Easy to remember. And... Uh, just thought I'd throw a little plug in there for you, Kevin. Uh, here's Kevin's uh, message. Hey, everybody. Uh, my name is Kevin John, and I'm calling from Erie, Pennsylvania. And first, I'd like to pass along my congratulations to Pete and the entire crew on 15 amazing, magical years. Um, congratulations on reaching this milestone. Um, I want to tell you a little bit about 
uh, how the Diz has affected me and my life. Um, I found the podcast shortly after its debut. At the time, I think I was listening to probably three or four different Disney-themed podcasts, and it quickly uh, became my favorite. I think really due to the um, real talk that you guys provide in terms of um, our favorite vacation spot. You know, you don't sugarcoat anything, and uh, it really helps to refine our trip planning, and and as listeners, uh, provides us with a a weekly dose of um, the magic in, in a real way, but also you know, the humor that you provide is is absolutely uh, hilarious and much needed, I think. And the variety of personalities also around the round table really make you feel like, you know, you're just sitting around that table with you guys and um, enjoying and joining in the fun. Needless to say, uh, you quickly became part of my life weekly. I'm an artist, I've been a working artist for 25 years, and I provide uh, sports action portraiture for pro athletes and their teams. So you would think as I work in my studio uh, throughout the week that I would have ESPN on or maybe the latest ball game or uh, scores and highlights, that sort of thing, but, but I don't. In, instead, oftentimes I'm listening to the Diz and just kind of... Uh, getting an education and a laugh along the way and, uh, you know, dreaming about my next uh, opportunity to visit Walt Disney World. You come along with me to the gym. You come along with me as I mow my lawn. And uh, then I always save um, that weekly podcast if I have travel. Uh, Later on in the week, I save uh, that podcast to listen to while I'm in my car as well. However, the the Diz Unplugged has affected me more deeply um, as well. I'd like to tell you a little bit about that. Um, I guess, really, with the shows following Bob's passing, those are the ones that I think, over those next couple of months, that impacted me the most. You know, Bob was just one of those individuals that only comes around once in a lifetime, and we all just fell in love with him. And we all felt, you know, the, the loss, uh, as, as you all did. Um, we continue to feel it, and we continue to miss him. And just about that time, I had had a close call myself that nearly turned my own lights out for good. Um, So those podcasts within the following months, um, the way that you all regrouped and retooled and kept moving forward with the product um, taught me a lesson and was a... Uh, sense of inspiration for me, uh, both from a personal but also a business standpoint. Um, you all talked about, you know, how you came to the Diz, and all the stories were impactful, but I think Pete's moved me the most. You know, his idea of providing this service to people grew into a career and an amazing business that impacts people's lives in such a positive way. I mean, is there any more precious uh, thing than vacations with loved ones or with family? And the Diz helps to provide those memories and, and uh, the quality of the, those experiences, I think, um, are 
greatly improved and enhanced because of the guidance that the DIS provides. And further than that, I think as a business philosophy, the way that you keep changing and growing your business and making it better uh, has been a model that I've followed for my own business due to your inspiration. And I think the, the final part that I want to tell you about is a discussion, a show topic that was, again, about three years ago, um, about pro places off property to visit. And one of the subjects was a place called Cocoa Beach. And I listened and really kind of caught my interest. Um, so about three years ago, I took that advice, and I, uh, on one of my trips to Orlando, I traveled off property and visited Cocoa Beach, and instantly fell in love with the community. Um, just kind of a kind of an easy, laid-back surf community, um, fun but not not too crazy. And you know, I stood there that first day on that beach, and you know, it was February and. It was snowing like heck back here in Erie, Pennsylvania, and I just, I didn't want to go back. And it was 85 and beautiful on, uh, right there on the Atlantic Beach, and I said, you know what, uh, I want to make my new goal to move my home and my studio here to Coco. I can be closer to my favorite place in the world, 45 minutes away from Walt Disney World. I can be right on the beach. I can do my work here, and, uh, and you know what, maybe, uh, be a little closer to the Diz as well. So I'd like to uh, tell you that all of that inspiration, not, from, not only from a business standpoint, but a personal standpoint, has, um, has helped improve my life in so many ways. And as of July 9th, uh, here in a couple of weeks, I will be moving my studio and my home permanently to Cocoa Beach. And um, it was because of kind of the uh, inspirational kick in the pants that you all gave me um, to finally do that and not wait until I retired to um, move to the sun Sunshine State. So, happy 15. You're all so very valuable to me and all the listeners. And I can't wait to meet you all in person. And thank you personally for helping to change my life for the better, as well as all of your listeners. So thank you. Happy anniversary. We love you all. Bye-bye. Awesome. Well, that's great. Thank you so much for that, Kevin. And uh, coming to uh, Cocoa Beach, I, I agree with you. I've fallen in love with with uh, with that area. It's it's an awesome awesome town. Uh, you definitely have to stop by and see us at the Welcome Center. That's where the Welcome Center is. And Kevin and I are going to have a date in the park because <clears throat> we've been you know since we lived in Pennsylvania together. You know, Erie was always you where live the together. <laughs> yeah, that too. Um, wow. the, where the worst weather was was up in Erie, so I'm not like you know you're just going to love it when you move down here. So I can't wait to meet him in a park. Yeah, that's that was uh, that was awesome. I'm really I'm really happy for you. Interesting name, huh, Kevin John? Yeah, I like to thank him for the idea of now for our adopted Himalayan whistle kid. That's what we're going <laughs> Kevin John. No. And he's an awesome artist. Uh, the I, I got to tell you, I was looking through. You know, I'm not a sports person, so the people he's drawing, I have no clue who they are. But I can appreciate the fact that it's really, really, really well done. Mm -hmm. I mean, this is not you know, this he's is not sketch good. art. This guy's mm -hmm. this guy's the real deal. So his website is kevin-john.com. Again, throwing out a plug for him. Uh, go check it out. And uh, thank you again, Kevin, for that. 
Um, one more uh, before we close from Sebastian Lopez. And this is his Diz story. Hello, my name is Sebastian Lopez Jr. I am Seblop 1977 on the boards. While I did not post a lot on the forums, I am an avid listener of the Diz podcast each and every week. I started listening shortly before Bob passed away. After his passing, I went back and listened to every podcast I could find on iTunes. It gave me a better sense of who he was and how the team interacted. I can confidently say that Bob was a unique person, definitely a character who is missed not only by the podcast team, but all of us long-time listeners. Growing up, we did not have a lot of extra money. We did not go on a lot of vacations, trips, that sort of thing. Disney World and Disneyland was more of a fantasy for us, something that we saw on Sunday evening TV. We saw in magazines, pictures, or heard about from our friends. In 2009, I got this crazy idea of to start running half marathons. I'm not really sure why. I've never run before. I didn't really know what to do. But I did know where to go for some information. The wish forms on the Diz boards helped me with what to do, what to try, proper pace, not push yourself, and pretty much everything else I did not know I needed to know. I signed up to run the 2010 Walt Disney World Half Marathon as part of the Live Strong Foundation running team. It was very cold. Even had snow flurries that year. Wasn't sure I was going to finish, but I knew I had to. I used the forms not only for my running, but to find all the information about the resort that we were staying at. I can honestly say that the Disports are the premier source of information for not only Walt Disney World, but Disneyland. Later in 2010, September to be exact, my girlfriend and I flew out to California for our first trip. We ran the Disneyland 5th anniversary half marathon together, our first race to run together even though we've been together for almost a year. We met each other through running. We went on every ride we could do in a day at Disneyland took hundreds of photos and loved every moment of it. I listened to the podcast shows about Disneyland and it helped us immensely. I cannot thank you enough. The whole team, the Disneyland team, the Florida team, everybody associated with the podcast. Thank you. Back in February, Nancy Johnson sent out 
a message on the podcast about sending in photos for Valentine's Day. I sent in a photo that we took on the Jungle Cruise thinking maybe it will get posted, maybe not. It was just a fun thing to do. I did not tell my girlfriend about it. I did it on my own. And that Valentine's evening, I checked the Diz Unplugged blog, and there it was. She was pretty surprised and amazed and had no idea I did it. And I can say again, thank you, podcast team. I cannot wait to see all of the new things that you all have in store for us. The future is very bright. Good luck, best wishes, and keep up the great work. And again, thank you for all that you do for us. Well, thank you very much for that, Sebastian. That was uh, that was very nice. Uh, I, I particularly relate to his uh, talking about being being younger and parents that couldn't afford mm-hmm. to go to Disney World. That was definitely. I mean, my parents always gave us great vacations, but they had to do it within a budget they could afford, and this was definitely outside of that budget. Even then, back in the back in the early seventies, and uh, I had a good friend who went to Disney World every summer would come back and tell me the stories and I would just sit there and seethe with envy, mm-hmm. swearing to myself that when I was old enough, I would, uh, I would come back. And, and probably one of my best memories in Disney World was the first time I got to bring my parents down here. And it was, it may not have been the first time I'd seen it, but it was the first time I remembered seeing my parents holding hands as they walked into Epcot and they were holding hands. I think my mother was holding my father up. Aww. I think is really what it was. But still, to see them kind of walking through the park holding hands and you know, to have that memory with them, uh, especially after my dad died, things like that became really, really important to me. But uh, you know, I, I just, uh, I, I just when, when you mentioned that, that just kind of went through my head. So thank you very much for that, Sebastian. Thank you, Kevin, for uh, your voicemail as well. And uh, everybody whose voicemails or emails for the anniversary that we read or play on the show is going to be getting a shot at the prize Matron, getting to pick a number. We retired number 12 last week. Uh, Julie couldn't be here this week because she's homesick with the kids and Corey's out playing in Cars Land. So Next week, I think we'll have some, some numbers to pull. So, again, thanks very much, everyone. That will do it for this episode of the Diz Unplugged. We hope you enjoyed it, and we'll be back with you again next time with another edition of the Diz Unplugged. Have a good one, and remember, stay out of the damn lakes. <laughs>